Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler, a.k.a. Wagner to Kutch, a.k.a. Wagner to O'Neill Cruz. What's up, my man? I'm here again. Is it time to actually change the name? No, I don't. I, you know, I thought about it a while back. I think I ran a pool on it between like Wagner to Polanco, Wagner to Marte or Wagner to Meadows. Obviously, right. that didn't work out, so I just never did it. Right. At this point, I don't even think about it. <laughs> I kind of forget what it even means. I mean, the thing is, too, it just rolls off the tongue. Everyone just knows yeah. it's wider to cut. So the change would be kind of weird. Yeah. But has it really been someone worthy since Kutch? No. But Cruz, exactly. could he be that guy? God, I hope so. God, do I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. Um Obviously, this isn't an actual post-game show. This is our normal and it's not live on Thursday nights that we're doing. But we're gonna definitely get to talk about the Pirates. The Pirates are undefeated, the best team in baseball since the trade deadline. Best I mean, even baseball. the Padres got a, a loss today. Wow. I, I mean, the Brewers, they they have a new house of horrors. Whores? <laughs> Horrors. <laughs> I mean, imagine trading Josh Hader and then losing three games in a row to the Pirates because you could have used a Josh Hader. Yeah, they really could have used a Josh Hader these last two nights. Not good. Yeah, this isn't a Brewers podcast by all means, but I was intrigued by the trade. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely risk in it, and I was, but I said, I mean, I, I kind of like it for both sides. I get the risk on the Brewers side, but they get a decent reliever back in Rodgers. But I'll tell you what. I mean, they've lost three games. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think you're making that trade and think you're going over three against the Pirates right now. I mean, I don't think they're coming back from that. They've already lost three games in that trade. It's already a loss. Yeah, it's, it's like the old school days where the Pirates couldn't win in Milwaukee. Now That's Milwaukee can't point. win in Pittsburgh. That's why I said the House of Horrors. I guess I'm the only Pirates fan long-term around here. No, well, it was in PNC, though. Exactly. PNC is the new house of horrors. Well, maybe maybe it's the house of horrors. I don't know. <laughs> God, long walk for a short drink of water. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a while since Kip Wells is uh or not Kip Wells. <clears throat> um oh my god. Anna. Anna, come on. I don't know. Let's not go down that path. What? All right, we're gonna move forward. Uh so oh, anyways, Chris Benson. Benson, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. not Wells. Yeah, Chris Benson, the Playboy model wife. There you go. So, yeah, we're going to move past that. The The Pirates are 3-0 and since the trade deadline. I should call her. Better is they're 2-0 and since Yoshi being DFA'd. I know they have a full – they didn't have, like, this full roster turnaround. And I know we had our trade deadline talk. Uh, the trade deadline was meh. There wasn't a whole lot of movement, but, like, our biggest thing was – and in the lineup tonight is Josh Bameter, and Yoshi's still on the team, and here we go. Now, mind you, Josh Van Meter is still on the team, but Yoshi is DFA. 
we're starting somewhere. All right. We, we made a move. And let's be honest, too. Like, he was the $4 million man. So, him to go first over Yoshi or uh, Bammy or whatever says a lot. Um, technically speaking, the Pirates don't have a first baseman on the roster anymore. No. <laughs> Not that they ever really did. Yeah, they didn't have one before. But where are we going with this? Where are we going? What do we like what we see so far? I'll tell you what I absolutely love is the lineups that have been put out the last two nights. They actually look like competent major league lineups. And it's a shame because this very well could have been done three months ago. Yeah. But instead they wanted to showcase a bunch of guys that they were just going to end up DFAing eventually anyhow. Right. That's the frustrating part. But we're here now. I'm not going to dwell on the past until next week. But I get it. And that was the whole problem. You know, like anyone in the right mind knew that neither of those guys were getting traded. So why even bother doing it when you could do what they're doing now? Now, mind you, like it's not as if they were going to win for two weeks straight. It's not like they were going to go and dominate the Phillies because of this lineup they have out there right now. But the thing about this lineup is it's intriguing. Like it's guys that have a future, like guys that you want to see get played appearances against major league pitching. You know, you have some evaluations. And again, like they're just not a waste of a roster spot. And we'll get into it. But of course, Marcano is up and he's showing he's he's playing right now. And I'm not saying that he's going to be this guy. But he has the ability to do better than Yoshi and Josh Van Meter. He'll have his struggles, I'm sure. Every, well, I mean, every, I, every young guys will have their struggles, but you're, you're good, they're better than Van Meter and Yoshi. At the very least, Marcano plays a very capable defense pretty much everywhere you put him. You can't say that about a lot of guys they've tossed out there. You cannot say that about Josh Van Meter. The guy can't even find first base. Literally. <laughs> You can't yeah. say that about Diego Castillo. And I want to see more Diego, but Marcano at the very least can play both corner positions at a very high level. And he plays a very good shortstop. He's not as versatile, I guess, as some of the others, as in they haven't put him in every other position. But he plays the ones that they've put him in very well. Right. You're correct. And like on top of that, right? We've... I'm willing to backtrack. I, if, if people prove me wrong, then that's a good thing. Well, I guess if I'm poo-pooing on them, if I think they're good. Like if Onel Cruz proves me wrong, that's not a good thing. But like for Marcano, and I think pretty much all of us on board with this, Jim's going closer to the other side of it now. But like when you go to Marcano, we didn't really like him. Like we felt, and we joked he was Cole Tucker light. Like there's Cole Tucker, and then there's Marcano. And the difference, right, we... I'm still suspect of the bat. It's, it's, it's playing way better than I would ever anticipate at this point in time. But the thing you can say about him is Cole Tucker, you wished would have the defense that Marcano has. Like that would have been his staying card. If he could at least play defense everywhere, he has a skill set and he doesn't. So, like, as much as we joked, Marcano's ceiling pretty much is like the best version of Cole Tucker you could probably imagine of right now, which isn't high, but that's useful. And again, like go back to the Sean Rodriguez days when, when he didn't have a bat. There was a lot of value in that. Yeah, I think the cool Tucker part you brought up is really the best point you can make is he plays cool Tucker got put in those outfield positions. It did not go well. He was lost as could be. Marcano actually does play it very well. We haven't seen him in center. Thank God they haven't had to. 
But, but who knows? Maybe he plays that good too. I mean, he could. Right. But he's at least able to play those outfield positions well. I don't like the bat. I don't think the bat's a major league start, starting caliber. But to be honest, I didn't know much about the defense when the trade was made. So all my opinions were based upon the bat. Versatility or just the shortstop defense? I mean, versatility is one thing. They said Diego Castillo was versatile. He can't play the outfield. But I guess what I mean is when you say you didn't know about the defense, like I, I thought it was pretty known he was very good glove at short. So like were you assuming like you didn't know about the versatility part of his defense? Yeah, I did not. You, I mean, you look at the bat, you don't really think quarter outfielder. Well, right, bad. for sure. <laughs> or even a shortstop. Like you question Sawinski right now at quarter outfielder. Truthfully, a shortstop normally doesn't really move to the quarters. It's just kind of weird. I don't think we see yeah. that that often. Right. Um, but the defense provides value to the team. Um, I'm higher on him than I guess I was, which isn't saying much because I thought he was like a 25th man. Now I think he could be a major leaguer. There's some things that I really think he could do to maybe be more valuable at the plate. People might think I'm crazy here. Well, they already do, so spill it. So I really do. I thought about this. I think he needs to go full on Juan Pierre light. I don't think he hits enough baseballs on the ground. And I thought this about Billy Hamilton before. He hits way too many balls in the air. Marcano's too quick out of the box. He's not going to add power. He does have good bat-to-ball skills. And if you look at him in, in those Padre seasons, he was a low strikeout guy. Ground ball rate was above 50%. He was hitting over 300. I think he's a guy that if he becomes a pure slap hitter that just slaps the ball on the ground, maybe lines it a little bit, there's a lot more value in the bat than there is whenever he's trying to lift the baseball, which goes against everything we think about in modern baseball. Yes and no. So I like that. So I'll put it this way. When you say it goes against everything, right? I mean, there's just some hitters that shouldn't fit that profile. Like Juan Pierre is pretty much one of them. I mean, Ben Revere is another one. Like Ben Revere shouldn't be working on hitting the ball into the air. He can try as hard as he can. He'll never hit a home run. So what's the point, right? So I guess that's kind of where you're leaning to. So maybe Marcano just shouldn't be doing that. And hey, I mean, I have no, I have no thought on that. I just don't, I don't think there's much power in that bat. And right now I think his ground ball rates somewhere around like 40%. If he can get bumped that to, like a 52-ish. You increase those infield singles. He's got the speed to beat a lot of ground balls out. If he can turn into like a 260, 270 hitter. The power's not going to be there if he's trying to lift the ball anyhow. That's just kind of where I'm at with him. I'd, I'd be intrigued by him going, I guess, pure Kevin Newman. With more speed. <laughs> pure Kevin and Newman. Left but he's right. He's faster. He's left-handed. So basically what you're saying is for all the reasons that we clowned him and said, he's a slap hitter. That should be his calling card. What you're pretty much saying. Like, so he should just do that. Yeah, but into the ground and line drives, no fly balls. Right. 
So that's what he was doing. He's basically a swinging mutt guy. <laughs> yeah. And he needs, he does, might, he actually might need to bunt more. So how about this? So Buck a Mike. He needs Can Marcano be Tony Womack with the bat? I mean, we poo-poo batting average all the time. Batting average needs to be his calling card. Because that's his key to get on base. Yeah. For the people, too, like, about poo-pooing on batting average, like, the thing about it is it's not the one and only thing that matters. Like, O'Neill Cruz, for example. If you're just looking at his batting average, then you're not understanding where his value comes in. And I guess that's what you're getting at. So the, the batting average is where Marcano's value will be. He's going to have a high batting average because he has no power. That's why the OPS will still lack, but it's not going to be terrible because it's a bad, good batting average. So um, I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by it. If he can do that, like, listen, if he could be Juan Pierre, by all means, he dominated that trade. He absolutely dominated that trade. Because you have Jack Sawinski, who I think we're on board, like at worst, is a fourth outfielder, at worst. So for Adam Frazier to get Jack Sawinski, Jack Sawinski, and then Juan Pierre, I'll take. I'm not sure if he's going to be Juan Pierre, but I guess I don't mind what you're saying. I would like to know what Jim is referring to about him raking in the minors, aside from him hitting very well at AAA right now or before he got called up. Because I mean, he you, he has, but he's hitting three. You know what he two, did? But how's he but doing? You know it? He, how did he do it in the minors? Right. He hit ground balls. He basically, I mean, there was a one year in 2021 he had six home runs in AAA, but he's never hit more than two in a season. Yeah, know what uh, his ground ball percentage was? What fifty-seven? Tell us. There you go. Fifty-seven percent. Jim's pointing out like is this one stretch in triple A this year. Or yes, he did not hit that many ground balls. I'm referring to his ground ball rate way too much right now, but and I'm boring people off the planet. I'm just saying. Go full blown Luis Castillo and Juan Pierre. So let's do this then. Regardless of the approach, regardless of how he's gonna do it, it's definitely fair to say, like to Jim's point. The kid has been performing. He's, again, I can't stress it enough. He is batting 362 on base 433, slugging 500, a 152 weighted runs created plus in Indianapolis this year. Now, albeit it is just 14 games, 67 plate appearances, but that's production. And for the rest of the time, we're in double A and 122 plate appearances, it wasn't much different. 303, 413, 475, a 142 way to run trade plus. Like he has been performing not just enough, not just like, hey, maybe the bat can is good enough because he has a defensive calling card. Like his bat's been playing. So I will take back everything I can say. I have been down on Marcano. I'm still skeptic, but you got to give him every opportunity right now to show that he can do it because he's proving you that he's he's performing at a very high level. You absolutely have to give him every opportunity. Uh, you got to keep him in the lineup right now. I'll add every single underlying numbers show that he stinks at the plate. Like his expected weighted on base average is like three two twenty. That's atrocious. It's a very small sample size. He's it's probably a lot better since he's been up because he is hitting the ball a little harder. 
but he's having like four hits a game <laughs> every single game it feels like yeah um i just you got to leave him in the lineup right now i'm not really a big believer in him but you got to he's got to prove you he's got to prove me wrong basically yeah he's got to get every opportunity to do so i'm with it i'm not going to go on the side of like i'm a i'm a marcano stand and he's he's great but my eyes are open. They absolutely are. Everything I said last year, when I hated the trade. And at the time of the trade, right? It was it was open. It was open. But then you saw how he finished the year in Altoona. And it was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, this kid cannot hit. And he's done the complete opposite this year. The complete opposite. So um, I'm liking what I see in Mercano. I'm intrigued. And now that Yoshi's gone, you just kind of expect Van Meter will be, but regardless, like they're well, let me bite my tongue because I say they're not going to get the starts they did. But Van Meter will be starting tomorrow, I'm sure. And we're gonna have these same complaints. I hope they don't. You know, so you want to give Marcano all the starts you can and such. Um, and like Andy says here, Marcano better Newman. I mean, the thing is that's not a high floor either. <laughs> it's you know, like the floor is already here. Where's the banner? Here. You know, so like to be better, Newman is right here, and that doesn't take a whole lot. So the other issue is that you can play both. It just means you don't play Josh Van Meter. Correct. Like and I'm okay seeing Marcano both has the versatility, so we can go in the outfield. That helps him get more at bats. Like I don't really need to see much more blimages. I'm okay just plugging Chavis in the rest of the way and us calling it a day there. Let's talk a little bit about Bly. Um, again, kudos to him for getting the call. Like, he earned it. He deserved it. Yep. And also just there was a lot of futility on this team. So, like, why not? If this was the San Diego Padres, Bly Madras wouldn't be sniffing the major league team. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I don't have high expectations for him, but he earned the right to play in the majors and show what he has. And it hasn't been great. It has not. And the other thing, too, is it, think about a year ago, literally just one year ago. Imagine Bly, that profile, like what he presented, and then saying, we're going to plug him in at first base. No, you're not. Like, the, like you're making him even less valuable. A first baseman who like really has no power and can't really hit. Um, so it's like it's just this this first base situation is just so bad that they're like, well, we'll just put him at first base to give him some plate appearances. I don't. I'm not at the point where it's like I don't want to see him the rest of the year. I'm over him. Um, I'm fine with him getting more plate appearances and whatever. Again, like at the expense of Josh Van Meter, that should be an easy call. Yeah. But again, I'm not expecting much. I don't really foresee him being much more than just organizational depth. I just don't need to see the platoon between him and Chavis going forward. I understand Chavis. He's a platoon guy. Bly Madras is a nobody guy. He hits. Yeah. Neither. He's hitting 192 off of righties. I know. I get it. I get it. The, the thing that worries me, I think more about it isn't even so much that. I'd be fine with the platoon and that. The only, the really thing that worries me is how, how good is his first base defense really? Because that's why we really want Chavis there. 
Like yeah. to me, it didn't matter about the platoon at all. I don't care how terrible he is on the other side. He can at least play the position, and that makes O'Neill Cruz better, but it makes the whole team better. Like there's a very competent defensive infield when Chavis is there. And it seems like when he's not in there, it all falls apart. It does. So, like that to me is why. And that that would be the that would be the worry about Blamatris at first. Not so much him getting a plate appearance, whatever. It's just it, how good is his defense really? He's just learning it on the fly right now. And I mean at this point, Chavis is coming in like halfway through the game anyhow. Because they're gonna put a lefty in in the middle of the game to face O'Neill Cruz. And Bly is hitting right behind him. So a lefty is coming in. Chavis is coming in in like the sixth inning, no matter what. Yeah. Just play in the whole game. Don't waste my time. <laughs> Don't waste my time. <clears throat> yeah. Jim, who, you know, <laughs> why bother coming on the show? Uh, apparently wants to make a comment. So Jim says, right. If the decision is Van Meter or Bly, I'll take Bly. And that's where I'm at too. I mean, Van Meter doesn't belong. That's a great straw in there, Jim. <laughs> And he says, when has Madras made a mistake at first? I, I, I'm not saying he has, but like how many opportunities he had as well. I, I'm also not saying that he's good because he could play first base and, and make two errors this next game. And that would be what is like sixth game at first base or whatever. So that's what I'm getting at. I, I don't know if I can trust him still. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, it's not, nothing against him. He just really hasn't played it. Right. He's an outfielder that they put there. Let's talk about the games. So again, the three, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a great stretch of baseball. And of course the unfortunate thing, I'm not sure about you. I'll speak for myself. I couldn't watch today uh, because it's at work. And I really didn't watch a whole lot last night. So like one of the two best, like back-to-back games probably all of the season, I didn't even get to enjoy. Uh, I watched a little bit last night. I saw Cruz's home run, <laughs> saw some highlights there. Uh, but I, I guess let's start with this. We'll start with the bad because we actually have a lot of good to talk about. Zach Thompson played. Zach Thompson started. Kind of continues Zach Thompson things. Not too good. Yeah. Um, actually, today, I think his stuff might have looked as good as it has. The curveball looked really sharp today. He's really just had the one bad inning. Um, he, was, he was able to miss some bats today. Only went four and a third. Didn't walk anybody. He just ran into some trouble. Curveball looked good. He was able to command pretty well. It's just he's not good enough to really fight through it when things go wrong. So kind of like every other year, Mitch Keller. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Except Mitch <laughs> Keller has far better stuff than Zach Thompson. Right. But that was pretty much his issue too. Um Okay. Yeah, so you did see a little bit today. But, I mean, Zach Thompson didn't have a good start. But the bullpen kind of came through, and it was a bunch of guys who are fresh to the club. We're finally seeing, right, Holderman. Um, Ramirez came up. Stout is making his appearance, right, too. So they all shut him down. Stout goes 1.2, no earned runs. Ramirez goes an inning, no earned. Holderman goes two, no earned. And, of course, Underwood comes in, gives up the unrun, unearned because, of course, the dumb rule in extras. But. Also two walks. He doesn't look good, but he gets the win. <laughs> but regardless, I'll put it this way. Their bullpen. Show down the Brewers. Something the Brewers bullpen can't say. The haterless <laughs> bullpen. 
Yeah, it seemed like they kind of danced through raindrops most of the way. Um, I was also at work, so I had it up on my phone, and then I would have clients come in, and then I pulled up on my computer and pretend to be working while they were trying to talk to me. There you go. And then I just then I had to switch to game day because I had switched screens and put it in the small corner, and I got to watch Dwayne Underwood give up a run. Then I got to put it back on. Then another client came in, and I had to miss the walk off. So, didn't get to see Dwayne Underwood pitch. I had to watch him on game day. Um, but for the most part, the bullpen, they like I said, I, it felt like they danced through raindrops a little bit. Um, Holderman, he, he induced some weak contact in his first inning. It seemed like he got in a little bit of trouble the second inning. He did look a lot better than his first outing. First outing, he looked very amped up and the command was awful. Yeah. Um, good bit better today. You hope it continues to improve because they need bullpen arms badly. And I'll be upset if they trade a Daniel Vogelbach who just keeps hitting home runs for the Mets for a reliever that sucks. Did he hit one tonight, by the way? Yep. What you say? He, he just hit another one. He hit one night. Yeah. Oh God. So what is he about now? Like three twenty for the Mets. <laughs> yeah, I did forget Cabrian Hayes made an incredible play. <clears throat> that I heard. My father-in-law was actually at the game today, and he told me about it, and that was like the big thing he talked about too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, bullpen just it is what it is. <laughs> they are what they <laughs> well, are. The thing about it, though, too, is we're, we're starting to see the turnover from the bullpen even. Um, you know, we talk about the turnover of the roster, but we talk about the lineup. I mean, Yoshi's DFA, that's pretty much the the gist of it. So the bullpen, a lot of new guys, as you mentioned, like the guys we just talked about outside of Underwood. I mean, the, I didn't get to see it. You're mentioning they danced the raindrops per se, right? They did help them scoreless. It is nice to see we're kind of starting like this new era per se, I guess, with the Pirates. Like you're starting to see the future, some of it on the club, right? And that's what's going to be like intriguing for this second half, at least. Um, so the other part to mention is that it, it was a bullpen today that was without Will Crow and without Bednar. And Bednar on the IL again. No, the and you're coming off of a day where it was a bullpen day. Right. So it was the bottom of the barrel that put together a lot of scoreless innings. So kudos so good them. for them. Do you expect them to dance through raindrops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is the Brewers lineup that has Wong on it. So, I mean, you know he's going three for four every night. Yeah. Right. Literally every time he's up. Good Lord. But okay, Can that so guy just get out of the division. I know, right? Hopefully. But let's talk about this offense. I mean, the offense is actually coming alive. It's It's been clutch, too. I know O'Neal Cruz has... What do you figure before the show? What? So he's had a hit in 10 of the last 13 games, which I'll be at one of the 13 was really just a pinch hit. But a hit in 10 of the last 13. He's got like four home runs like the last, what, seven? Seven games or something. Today he hits one one eighteen, like the, the the hardest hit by a pirate in the Statcast era. Like we understand what he presents, we understand the skill set. We know he hits the ball hard, and there's a lot of people who go well, the batting average, the batting average, right? 
I'm not saying it's good, but it's coming up. We've, I'm not going to say we're seeing it different, O'Neill Cruz, right? But I think you're starting to see some of the adjustments, some of the improvement. Uh, we've talked about beforehand how he's, he needs, he's too patient. He needs to get more aggressive. And I think we're starting to see him get more aggressive. Again, I didn't see this game, but since the All-Star break, I'll say that. As people joke, since Daniel Vogelbach's been traded, you're seeing that. But uh, we're starting to see maybe some clicking in Hayes. I'm sorry, Hayes, in Cruz. So I don't know. What's your what's your take, man? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. He's been more aggressive early in counts, I think. I don't have the numbers to back it up because I'm way too lazy to look into it. Um, he's He has a lot of trouble when lefty relievers come in that just throw nothing but junk. Hey, hey, hey. That home run he hit was yeah. off a lefty, and he crushed it. He did. He's definitely... It's. I think it's going to click. It's just a bit of a process. Uh, I'm not concerned with him yet. The strikeouts are kind of down. I think, well, they're probably back up after today. Uh, I think since the break, he was at like a 29% strikeout rate. It's probably bumped back up a, over 30 today. Yeah, but, I mean, he had two today. I'm pulling up since All-Star break. <laughs> He, yeah, it was at 29.7. So, right, he's definitely over 30 today. <clears throat> and Anthony did just bring up a pretty good point. If I can click it or you can click it. I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not going to screw this All one right. up for you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony said Cruz hasn't changed. The umpires were screwing him before. I actually do think that's a somewhat fair point. He was getting some shit calls. And he, they were putting him in some bad spots. I think they still are. But we are seeing a bit of a more aggressive O'Neill Cruz. I think there's still a good bit more aggressiveness that he could have. I don't I don't want to disagree with that statement, but also to me seems more as an excuse than an actual reason. Cause he's looked bad. For all the stuff we've talked, like he's looked bad. That to me is is excusing him for being bad to a degree. Um Yes, he has gotten some bad calls, and I get it. And it's funny how, like, I, I keep and always compare the Julio Rodriguez and how much he struggled early on to Cruz because that's why you give these guys some time. But Julio Rodriguez was legit getting screwed as well. Like, he was getting owned by the umps early on. So I think, I think it's funny how you're bringing it up, like, another comparison between the two. I think with Cruz, it's not so much he's getting owned in a sense like Rodriguez was. I think it's he's just he's six foot seven and umps don't know what to do with him that's fair right like it's but, the biggest um, it's one of the biggest strike zones they have yes <laughs> right like when they're like no oh, it's a strike and it's like well that's my bad that's normally at someone's belt but that was below your knees say your ankles and <laughs> right <laughs> Especially when like Chavis is batting ahead of him, you know, like all five foot nine of him or whatever. Then here comes O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> oh man. But um, but yeah, I'm definitely liking so and here's the thing too. Since the all-star break, now again, this doesn't count today. I'm not gonna update the numbers myself, but he's batting 257. He's slugging 600, 147 weighted runs created plus. Yes, the strikeouts are still there, but he's making contact, he's definitely driving the ball. I know it's short sample you're seeing some positive signs from Ono Cruz since. Dude, like 
over 162 games. He's on pace for over 30 homers, and he yeah. sucked. And, and I know Jim has a number. And what was like 116 <laughs> RBIs or something? Yes. I, I did the math last night. It's changed since then, but he was on pace for 36 home runs over 160 if he played 162 games. Yeah. That's and he has been <laughs> terrible. Like, right. there's no other way to put it. To this point, but he has not been good. You're basically saying, like, Cruz stinks, but what he's doing right now is Adam Dunn stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... When he gets the ball, as, it's like, really run. good, just a low batting average type of guy. It's kind of funny. Like, he only does stuff when guys are on base, like Jim said. That's true. I like how I'm talking to Jim like he's on the show, which he's not because... Don't talk to Jim. By the way, he's doing the show by himself tomorrow. That's his punishment. Thank God. I want to get drunk. So, um, forewarning everybody, Jim's going to be by himself tomorrow. So, if you want to wait till Saturday to watch the postgame again, I get it. <laughs> um, well, they all skip the night, so they're not going to hear it. <laughs> but I mean, what else do we want to talk about here? What did you do instead of watching a game last night? What did I do? Yeah. Well, I did another show. Oh, that's right. But like I'll be I'll be also honest with you. So I knew we I wasn't doing Tuesdays, right? You and Cody were doing it. Yeah. And I knew I was doing this other show on Wednesday, right? Last night. But that I knew I wasn't also not to watch the game and I don't know what it was like mentality of this. I just came home and I was like, I have nothing to do tonight. And then it was like the fifth <laughs> inning. And I was like, shit, who's doing oh, yeah. the post game? That's right. I, <laughs> I did text you. And, was like, and you're like, well, I'm not home. And Jim, right. Like Jim's like, I can only do one show. Like his, his voice is done. And I was like, I haven't watched like a bit of this game either. I don't like, we'll it do turned it. Into a, it did turn into a good thing though, because the game lasted to like 11 o'clock. I yeah. watched the last like two innings in bed because I turned it on in the ninth inning because how to lose a guy in 10 days came on. Obviously I had to turn that on instead. Watch that movie. Then Can I turned it back again? on. The... Well, uh, for people, there might've been a bump in the road. They didn't hear this in the car. Uh, the, the AirPod might've fell out. They didn't hear that part. Can you just repeat that one more time? Yeah. So I was watching the game. Commercial came on, looked through the channels. saw how to lose a guy in 10 days came on. Turned it to that, shut the game off, watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, turned it back on in like the ninth inning, went late in bed. Well, actually, I finished How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days in bed because I wanted to watch the scene where Matthew McConaughey chases down Kate Hudson on the bike and says, bullshit. It's a great part. And then I turned it back on and I watched some of the Pirates game on my phone and I watched the Neil Cruz Homer on my phone. Then I turned the game on. And fell asleep, and Greg Brown woke me up with Brian Reynolds' walk off. <laughs> Can you imagine not seeing an O'Neill Cruz home run? I watched it because on my phone. you watched How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. It's a great movie. Love it. It's not when it's, it's on. I turn it's it on. Not. It's not. It's not a good movie. It's terrific. Love I'm gonna it. put it this way. I assume because I never watched it. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Love so it. that's what you did as opposed to watching the power game. So yeah. cool. Good to know. Yep, just wanted to make it known. All right. All right, so back that's to the why we didn't do a post game because how do this guy I was in 10 days was on? Perfect. I'll be honest, I might watch the go to bed tonight. It's a good you one. You do that. Um, okay, so let's move forward. So we didn't watch it, but it was a hell of a game last night as well. 
I mean, first off, the Pirates won the first game of the series. Good game. Good game. And the Pirates got a victory. It was, what, seven games in a row they lost at that point, I believe, or something like that. I mean, it was a long stretch. So they finally get a win. It's against the Brewers. It was the bullpen that blew it for the Brewers then. So you got your already day one. You're like, ha, 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 the Brewers lost, and they did it because of not having Hater. Then the second game comes on, and again, another really good game. The offense is, is participating. Like, oh, no, Cruz is hitting the baseball really, really hard, really, really far. It's a good game. Pirates win again. I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to like witness it and feel it today. But the Pirates were down three to one. Then the next time I saw my phone was tied. I was like, oh, okay, it's tied. Then they go to extra innings. Then the Brewers win. And you're just thinking, of course, right? It's the Pirates. I mean, (laughs) first off, there's no way three in a row. They're going to lose this. And they win. And like you said, it was off a wild pitch. (laughs) I bet Josh Hader would never do that. (laughs) So it's like three, they sweep the Brewers after the trade night deadline. After we discussed how boring for the Pirates side, this trade deadline was. And they sweep the Brewers who made the deal as you questioned that now looks stupid and pitiful. And it's a sweep. The Pirates sweep the Brewers. Yeah. And what do you know? They're averaging seven and a half runs a game. Whenever they put together a competent lineup. That's the thing. Like this is even a competent lineup. It's well, not, it, but it's it's definitely more. It's better than what it was. Like it didn't take much to be this. I mean, Greg Allen was still in the lineup today. That's what I'm getting at. Like it's was. still not. Like, Greg Allen, Mitchell's been playing better, right? And but, we talked about Bly Madris. Like, there's still the difference not is good. that those two guys weren't hitting at the top of the order. Like, thank you, Derek Shelton has thank been you. doing. Thank you. He's finally putting his better hitters in run-producing roles. And weird, they're scoring runs. It's taking a little while. (laughs) But right, like, that's what we're getting at. Like, we knew this team wasn't going to be good, and this still isn't a good lineup. But the lineup right now, as it's constructed, at least gives you a chance. Because it's like you said, like Van Meter's not leading off, and then Greg Allen's not batting second all the time. Like at least they're where they belong. They're at the back of the lineup. You got some RBI guys. You got some guys up the top that can hit and such. So there's a chance to score some runs. And by God, look what happens in baseball. Things can happen. You can actually sweep the Brewers if you put some type of confidence together. Man, not that long ago, like maybe six years ago, we were talking about how this team's like five through nine was a black hole. Now we're begging for five through nine to be a black hole. <laughs> I know <laughs> because they decided to put one right in, in right to start the lineup, start the game. Black hole. Remember that picture NASA put out is like this big giant black hole with like all the stars around it. That's what this lineup was. It was like one, one through two is not going to do anything. Yeah. Three for four will, then five through nine just can't. Yeah. All right, so Donardo, I do have a question for you going forward with this Pirates team. Oh boy, what's what are the next moves that you would like this team to make? Aside from DFAing Josh Van Meter, <laughs> who's the next guy you want to see up? That's a good question. Um, other than Contreras, because I think that's just an obvious. Well, answer. he. Uh, that's the understood. Up. Van Meter should be DFA. Contreras should be here. That's the understood. Right. 
That's a tough question. I'm going to go with, because first off, Bay's injured. So that puts it out there, right? Burroughs, I don't, I don't think he's ready. I don't think we're prepared. Like this is the time for him to come up and such, right? There's another intriguing guy you'd want to see. I think like the real clear answer is Swaggerty at this point. Like he's earned his keep. He came back quicker than I anticipated. He was performing quicker. He didn't get his fair shot in the majors, but I mean, it wasn't pretty. Again, it wasn't a fair shot, but it wasn't pretty. Had a little bit of struggles in AAA, but he's he's back. He's kind of on fire again. Like, I don't think there's a reason to really hold him down. Give him that shot again. I would say Swaggerty. Yeah, I think he's the clear-cut answer. Um, He is actually hitting the ball really well lately. And he's the clear-cut answer because there's no answers left at this point. <laughs> Like, Ronzi is stuck down there. Bay is injured. I don't know if I want to see him, but whatever. And really, there's not much left there. The high-level talent's not really there. Put I, would like, I would like I, to see I, Burroughs. I take a, I, I'm okay with him staying down there. Something I think about, and it makes sense, but you do say next, and we're they're saying Swaggery. But what about the guy that was here that has produced? What about Sawinski? Because he's been performing too. Yeah. So what between Sawinski and Swaggery, who's next? It's probably Sawinski. Now the issue you run into there is who goes down. Bly probably has to go. Then there's really nobody left to play first base. Roster construction comes in. I I argue that and say, again, it's not going to be probably pretty, but he's done it at least. I mean, there still is Ben Gamble on the team. And if you have Swinski and you have Swaggerty up, and of course there's Reynolds, he's going to lose playing time in the outfield just by that. So that's a way of, if you want to, right, getting his bat. I mean, you lose Bly. If you still want to do the platoon or whatever, maybe he ends up being the platoon guy at first. So there's still that potential. I think you could do that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't love that option at all because we just discussed. Yeah, but do you love the Bly option either? I don't. I love the option of finding capable first baseman. And that should be easy. And this team, but that's like the most difficult task that <laughs> the Pirates have ever had. Yeah, I think it was easier for them to win after 20 losing seasons than to find a first baseman. They haven't found a first baseman in those 20 losing seasons since that. Like, it's probably been like 30 years without a first baseman, give or take a year listen, here and there. L- listen, I disagree to an extent. Um, You know what? I, I take it back. Are you also meaning like capable to play it position-wise? No. Just because uh, Josh Bell. He had a year. He's had another year. <laughs> Not with the Pirates. Well, I get that. So I was going to say, that that's where I wanted to ask you about it because he's had two years after the Pirates traded him. <laughs> Jim, shut up. Those were the three I was going to say. He could come on the show and talk and tell us. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Adam LaRoche was a decent first baseman with him. He didn't really play. He didn't hit the ball that well. Um, Bell had the not one like year. he did with the Braves. Garrett Jones had a couple years where he was insane, but really, it's been like 30 years of not having a first baseman. 
Since I've I mean, been alive, this team has not really had a long-term first baseman that's capable of playing. Kevin Young, is, thank you. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Like This isn't the slander him. But when you think of pirate first baseman, like that's pretty much the pinnacle. It's, it's Kevin Young. That's what you look at. And I said, it's not to slander him, but it's not like Kevin Young was a stud. <laughs> He's pretty good, like, but not, not stud. That's what I'm getting at. Like, it's not like he was a stud, but that's, that's the ceiling. That's what you look up to when you think Pirates first baseman. And like right now, the Marlins have like Jesus Aguilar for, for nothing. And like he's been very productive. I mean, like it doesn't take much to find a good first baseman that, in that realm, right? And that's what I'm alluding to. Kevin Young is like that dude. We also had the few years of Craig Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Those were fun too. He just came off the bench and hit dangers. Had that flow. It was so nice. Then he went to the Yankees, had to lose it. Oh, imagine having to go to Yankees. I mean, I've seen a lot you're of saying really like, bad okay, first I just want to say something real quick. Kevin Young really like it wasn't that good. He had a three war season, had a 5.3 war season. 1.7, negative 1.2. Like for his career, he has under eight war. And like way to run create plus. He had three seasons over 100, 118, 108, and 128. Like, that's what I'm getting at. That's not like that's that's not a great first baseman, but that's the pinnacle. That's the guy you look to. You said he Kevin had a 5.3 with he did war as a first baseman. Correct. That's pretty damn good. It is. I'm not saying that is not. But when you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve seasons, and you've amassed eight war, one of those seasons having five, he was shit all the other years. Donardo, <laughs> we lived through years with Ryan Nomit playing first base. I understand. That's what I'm trying to say. When Kevin Young is that guy. You have to understand and put in perspective, Kevin Young was never that guy in MLB, period. No one else looked him that way. It's just because this team and organization was so bad that when you had a guy that was able to play baseball, he looked like a god. And they've been so bad at replacing and finding a good first baseman since then that Kevin Young is still looked at as that guy. And he has eight, not even, he has 7.9 war in his career. With 4,300 plate appearances, he wasn't that good. I didn't want to go this route. I said I didn't want to stand for him. <laughs> but like he wasn't all that good to be the guy that you look at for the last 30 years of being the best at something. Jesus Christ. Anthony just brought up Sean Casey. His little stint with the Pirates was atrocious. Yeah. Speaking of guys who didn't perform on the previous teams, not that Adam LaRoche was like bad. He he didn't give us Braves numbers. But yeah, Sean Casey was not good. <laughs> he didn't give us Nationals numbers either. No. <laughs> and he didn't give any numbers in April. He was terrible in April. And that sucks. Like he's I mean, I love him more now because you see him on TV and his personality stuff, but like such a good dude from Pittsburgh, like coming home playing for the Pirates. Yeah, I just all I remember <laughs> about Sean Casey is the one time he got thrown out from left field, grinding the first base. 
<laughs> don't they play on MLB like a lot too? Maybe not a lot, but I've you definitely seen all- them troll them with that. You know what's awesome about being a Pirates fan? Anthony says Derek Lee was the pir- best Pirates first baseman. He's close to right there. And Derek Lee took two weeks to show up to this team because he did not want to be here. He retired rather than playing for him again. Yeah. That's really why he is the GOAT. <laughs> he had no desire to be here, and he just showed up and hit dingers after two weeks and just being like, eh, I got to move my family. It'll it'll be a minute. In a pennant race, eh, we're good. Right. And then they get I, uh, I've always liked Derek Lee, too. He was one of my favorite players. So I love that trade just for that, too. And he was a good hitter. Like, he still was. And right. And then you're looking because he saw the year control. It's like, he's going to be a pirate next year. Like, this is going to be fantastic. Derek Lee on the Pirates. A capable first baseman is what we're going to. And he's like, nah, I'm out. No, we're good. <laughs> he played like 15 games because he took so long to get there. <laughs> right. Oh, God. But, God, that Aaron Baker they traded for him, he was going to be a stud. Mm. Funny how that worked out. Those were the good old days. <sighs> God, that really sucked. <laughs> like I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> Derek Lee hit like tired. Derek Lee but hit yeah. like three three thirty seven with the Pirates. He three, jeez, three thirty seven, <laughs> three ninety eight, five eighty four. Hit a one seventy four weighted runs created plus. The guy almost had one full WAR in twenty eight games. Yeah, seven home runs. What do you have? Like, like just seven at thirty five? Huh? Point seven WAR. Point nine. Damn. <laughs> like Works, he came and just beasted. But again, like a 35-year-old, and it's not as if he was – well, no, my bad. He was with Baltimore, and he sucked there too. So he like, – yeah. No, he, he was, was terrible Baltimore. in Baltimore. Yeah, I forgot about that. The Cubs was – he was awesome with the Cubs the whole time. Yeah, like, like but anyways, 30... yeah, Derek Lee was awesome. But it was 28 games. Like, I think the one year he had almost like a 200 weighted runs created plus with the Cubs. The, he was a doubles god that year. I had him on a fantasy team that year. <laughs> 46 We're home still... runs. 170 way to run created plus seven war season. Yeah. We're just going down rabbit holes here. I know. What are we doing? <laughs> everyone's like, I'm done watching this. The problem is that people started watching now. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, wait, they're not talking about the current pirates. I'm good. <laughs> and then they also traded for Ryan Ludwig, who sucked and then went to pretty good at Cardinals or the Reds. I think the Reds, right? I can't remember exactly, but he just went off for the next like two years. Obviously. Fun. I wonder, and this is for another thing, but like, I wonder where to Anthony's point, I wonder where Derek Lee ranks as far as like total war for first baseman for the Pirates in the last 30 years in just those 28 games. Like I bet it's top 10. <laughs> well, Gabby Sanchez is up there. Obviously. Yeah. I, more war than Michael Chavis. Yeah, by far. Just gonna say that, Jim, Jimothy. Yeah, I mean you, you got on a list. It's LaRoche who really didn't do much. Garrett Jones, Gabby Sanchez, Pedro. I don't even think was he, worth like a war. I say there's no way. Defense Not was when he so went to bad. first. Yeah. Um, Those are the bad years. Josh Bell had the one year like close or over three ish. Yeah. Aside from it was that, like 2.9, it, but still. Aside from that, it's just been a black hole. Casey McGee. I think he was oh, negative. That was another one. Casey McGee, McGee coming over. I was excited about that. Um, 
Never mind. That's what I'm thinking of, Mickey. Oh, there's another one from the Brewers, but no. Uh, okay. Let's let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to something else. We're just talking oh, about Pete. Pirates. This is like a sporkle quiz. Like we're just debating like Pirates first baseman, just going down the <laughs> rabbit hole, like you said. And I, I, I kind of want to get away from it now. Yeah, Morneau is one I was thinking of too. I'm like, he wasn't that good. He has zero home runs. I mean, yeah, he, he's he pretty bad. It wasn't yeah, the was more no you thought you're gonna get, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, and then he went to Colorado and went off next year. That's I mean listen, he went to Colorado. For one, it's the Rockies. For two, the Pirates fans understand when they leave, they perform. Or they just perform and then they don't come back. They retire. Yeah. Morneau goes to the Rockies. The Pirates show up the camp with Andrew Lambeau versus that Japanese guy. I can't even remember. Ishikawa. Was it Ishikawa? Yeah. Was that his name? God, Travis Ishikawa. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Came from the Giants. Yep. And then they traded for was- Davis. That was bad. And yeah, and like, geez, that's another one I forget. And Ike Davis was also bad. So bad. And he was a guy who wanted. Yeah, he just decided he was done hitting home runs. And that was crazy. That All the the Ike Davis rumors. I mean, that, I remember those two. Marte, which by God, thank God it didn't happen. But the whole Marte for Ike Davis. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> I forgot about the get it done hashtag. Wait, that was a hashtag? I was just yeah. saying it. <laughs> Maybe subconsciously I was referring to it. But that was like the thing. It's like, oh my God, we're going to get Ike Davis. We need Ike Davis. Like he's so good. And thank God that didn't happen. Blake Taylor, I believe, and Duke Welker. All right, we're moving on. This, 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 this is bad. Um, this is this why is I want Pirates Jeopardy. You, All right. you see me pull that Duke Welker out of the brain? We we ended up talking yeah, about. No, it wasn't Duke Welker. It was the other guy, Vic Black. Yeah, Travis yeah, Ishikawa, because and it stemmed from no, Travis Swaggerty. So let's get back to Swagger. All right. I said we, oh, we yeah. ended on Travis Ishikawa because we started with Travis Swaggerty. So let's get back to Swaggerty, the guy that you want to see next up, Swinsky or Swaggerty. Uh, you said Swinsky. I think yeah. it's just right that he is. But I would actually, I think like I just want to see them both up. And there's a place for the them both to play um but like it's time i think it's time to get swaggery back up sooner oh, yeah. than later I mean, he's 24 it's it's well beyond time at this point roster crunch is incoming you really do have to start finding out what you got with these guys you can't yeah, have like six outfielders in the minors that are really right. ready to be in the majors and what I was gonna say is I know I said about gamble about first base, but I'm also okay like DFA and gamble at some point. I mean, you didn't trade him. So I think that's evident at some point. Gamble, unfortunately, because he's good enough to be on a roster, unlike Josh Van Meter. Um, at some point he probably will because there's just too many other guys that need to see some time this year. Yeah. If you already that's- have Marcano, Newman, Cruz. Then you have an outfield of Reynolds, Sawinski, Swaggerty. You know, it, it's just like there's there's not enough to add other guys to this, really. Yeah. 
entire yeah, and then you, then right, you stop get... it, guys. No more comments. <laughs> People love it. <laughs> We're done. I'm shutting this off. You know what we need? We need to have a sporkle quiz night. <laughs> do we need to do uh NS9 Jeopardy again? We do. It's maybe just not as many. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow. We'll I you almost have to do something with Gamble going forward. He's not hitting well. He he is a major league outfielder, which is kind of a shame they weren't able to just flip him at the deadline for literally anything. Right. Just because there's so many guys that like, you have to see. Marsh went to Philadelphia. Marsh isn't hitting. Marsh has never hit. He, now, of he course, did. he's maybe younger and has more control and stuff. I like a pure rental, but he and plays, plays pretty good defense. What's but that? They, and he plays pretty good defense. But he also he does. got the Phillies' number three prospect in return. So that's kind of like where I'm at. Like, Just flipping for something. You could have got something for him, I feel. He, you could have. And it opens up a spot for the, the issues we're having right now. Like You're seeing right. a roster crunch in that sense. Bucko Mike, stop it. Jason Thompson, just stop talking about first baseman. I'm over it. <laughs> no more. Are you still whining about them talking about the? Yes. He brought up Jason Thompson. <laughs> He's brought him <laughs> up like 15 times now. Um, but anyways, yeah. Gamble, I can feel like his future is limited with the Pirates. Yeah, well, obviously. Right. Like he's off the team after this year. I, I get that. He's Mr. Limited. He, I appreciate him. Like he's a major league outfielder. There's just not a fit on this team for him. Now, yeah. I the pickup was great. Ooh, I know board. that's a good one. Yes. I I know when he came over, he was Ben Gamel for you because yeah. he wasn't worthy of knowing his name. No, he wasn't. He was DFA'd, but of all the acquisitions that like Ben Charon has made picking up the waiver wire trash. He's been one of the better ones. He was, he was very competent last year. Started out this year as well. And it was injuries and coming back. It's not been his best right now, but he's done his job and he was a leader in that clubhouse in that sense and blah, 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 the other good stuff, all the intangibles that he could present, present and such. But I think it's at the point now where the kids got to play, the kids got to play and they're doing it to a degree right now. And they're winning games. Well, I mean, when you collect so many outfield prospects, at some point you have – we're at the point where it's a bottleneck. And these guys have to be able to play. And the Jake Morris the next – prospects too. Them as well, <laughs> but they're not quite there catching. yet. It's, it's not quite the bottleneck at the middle infield position yet. That's a good point. The outfield is there. Like, it's it's tight. And the Jake Marisnicks of the world and the Ben Gamble's of the world – I forgot about Merznick, even though it seems like it's taking longer than what they might have expected with him. The other is still Merznick, too. You you kind of just got to cut bait with them and see what you have with the rest of them. That way you can go into the next seat because a competent GM would go into next season and hopefully add. And you need to find out what you have and where you need to add. I expect... Also, there's going to be a Rule 5 draft coming up for the first so, time in two years. 
I was going to say now subjectively how you want to word a lot. I expect a lot of trades coming and it's not, I'm not what I'm getting at is you're going to see like, you know, Giancarlo stand on the Pirates now and Aaron judge signed. Right. And then all these other trades happen. Like there's just like, you're saying about the bottlenecks. And as you just said too, the rule five, there's a lot of things that need to happen. There's a lot of guys that need purged. And that's how you can kind of get better to some degree, at least have some confidence right on the team. So, yeah, I expect quite a few trades upcoming this offseason. Nothing big, but there's going to be a lot of trades in that sense, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, there has to be. You can't have this many outfield prospects in the organization. There's going to be like 57 guys in the 40. And he just keeps trading for more. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Like at some more. point, you got to do something here, and we got to find out which ones have a shot to compete at a major league level. You know who I think will not be on the 40 man? Mason Martin. Speaking of bad first baseman, could add him to the list, and he never even played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I won that bet. <laughs> <laughs> what was the bet? I don't remember, but I think I won it. Did anyone really win a bet? I mean, Anthony is absolutely right. They might all suck. There's a very good chance they all suck because they acquired a bunch of potential fourth outfielders. But we got to figure out which ones are fourth outfielders. Yeah. And which ones really do suck. And if they all suck, then you got to move on and know where you have to start adding. And that's where we're at. Like, that's why this season was so important because it's okay to find out that prospects aren't going to hit. You got to find out who does and who's a suck because that's where you know where you need to find players for. Man, tonight would have been a good day to grade Sherrington because we did this last year after this point. And um, but you know what, though? I think last year was fair because there's a lot of moves at the deadline. Yeah, this, this year, year there wasn't, so it doesn't there wasn't much to add. Yeah, but on we also to, have like, another year of watching these prospects. But to me, it sounds like we could just wait to the, the end of the nah, year. You're lame. It's fun to do I'm stuff without Jim. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities to do that without Jim. He true. never shows up to work anyway. True. So it's true. We could do it next Thursday if you want, or the Thursday true. after, or the next Tuesday. Just pick a day. Jim won't be on. It's true. Jim don't work here. Jim doesn't do podcasting. Oh my right. god, guys. Well, anyways, um <laughs> anything other than the first baseman that we want to talk about? I think I'm out of first baseman the name. Bucko might just put C. <laughs> I think that means we're done. <laughs> He's already grading the show. He says it's a C. <laughs> That's fair. That's All right. A, that's a actually generous grade. Well, especially for Buck and Mike and us. It's usually yeah. I gave it a D plus five minutes in because I fell asleep. But then when I woke up and listened to it, it was an F. I think he only gave it a C because Jim's not on. Yeah. I said see you later. <laughs> All right. Then let's wrap this up. Um, tomorrow, though, the Pirates do play. We will have a post game by Jim, all by Jim himself. He's going to be the producer. He's going to be the talent, air quotes, talent. Um, 
So sorry, guys. But Joey on, it's Mitch Keller Day as well. Kind of excited again. It's Mitch Keller Day. I'm very intrigued. Um, so yeah, going against Baltimore, which has been pretty hot so far. So early and game. Told everybody. Not everybody, but they certainly said we're not going for it. <laughs> we're we're in the race, but we're we're gonna make sure we're not. They kept the body but cut the heart. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for him too. Like he I do too. Hearing how he's like, I just didn't want to leave the locker room. Like just knowing this is the last time I'm gonna see these guys, man, that hurt. That hurt. And Trey Mancini's is a good dude. Yep. I hate to make the comparison in that sense, but I mean we had our own version, like with Jameson Tyon, right? All that he went through. It's like everything that Trey Mancini went through. It's a good dude. You gotta to root a, for him. To a much bigger extent. What do you mean? Like Mancini performed at a very high level with them as well. Oh well, no, I get that. I get that. I'm, I'm, he I'm taking out the baseball. So I'm just taking out the baseball. Yeah. Just like that dude. And right. He was just like, this sucks. Like this is this is my home. This is my team. These are my guys. And I can't be here tomorrow again. Like I'm forced not to be here. Man, that hit home. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah, I wouldn't be thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. But such is life. John Jaso, another first baseman. <laughs> Let's get tired to go sail on a boat. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you watching. As always, go ahead, like, subscribe to this. Come back tomorrow night after the power scan game and make fun of Jim. And then we'll be back again. See you later. Bye-bye. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Oh, 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 oh,